Welcome to Sid's Monologue Corner. Uh, this is an original piece. <clears throat> hey, homie. Before we pork this core and go to this birthday party, I need you to tell me where your mama stay, where your daddy stay, where your cousin stay, and where your grandmama stay. Get out the fucking car, homie. Thank you. You sound like one of the people that you like walk past when you play <laughs> San Andreas. That was what you I was You sound like for. one of the ballers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, Sydney? Yeah, well, that's what it relates. Did it not relate? Uh, it related. I just didn't. <laughs> that it was unexpected. That's all. <laughs> I, I like to keep you and our listeners on their toes. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, me and the listeners is dying mm-hmm. to know what we watched this week. This week we tuned into Licks, released twenty thirteen, available to stream on Prime Video. Written and directed by Jonathan Singer Vine and starring Stanley Doe Hunt, Corin Streets, Les Aberigby, Devin LeBron, and Tatiana Monet. All right, let's start the show. The new Chitlin' Circuit. Welcome back to the new Chitlin' Circuit, the only podcast dedicated to Black Indies only. My name is Lex. And I'm Sid. And each week we watch a black independent movie. Why? Because we love them. Mm. Welcome back to our 62nd challenge. This week's episode sponsored by Death Row Records. (laughs) Huh? Because we're in LA. They was in Oakland. Death Row was not in Oakland. No, the characters in the movie... Oh, damn. Okay, let me rewind <laughs> it. <laughs> damn. Okay, well, the, the California accents do go so that, you know, they do that. They don't really talk like that in, in Northern California. <sighs> God. Like, that they're really... not like, you have, that's like, when you're doing like a Lope Dog accent. That's kind of yeah, just a LA thing. Oh, well, damn. I was going to, ha- I was going to do a Kendrick Lamar spoof. Okay, never mind. You know um, how Bay Area people talk? Uh, ghost ride the whip. Like that. Yes, yes. Okay. Think about how mm-hmm. what you think Detroit people sound like. They talk like that. Detroit people just sound country. Okay, this is getting <laughs> offensive. You take it from the... <laughs> and you take it from the because we love them. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, well, I guess this should be a regular one then. Welcome back to the 60-second challenge. This week's challenge is sponsored by Too Short. Do, 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 do. Blow the whistle. What a 60-second challenge. Blow the whistle. Wow. Every week, <laughs> Alexis will explain the plot of the film we're reviewing in 60 seconds or less. Before we get there, though, go ahead and leave five stars and a comment on Apple Podcasts. You hear me say it every week, and I feel like not enough of y'all have done it yet. So just go ahead and do it while you're listening, right here, right now. Easy. All right. Alexis, are you ready to explain the plot of Licks in 60 seconds or less? Yes. Okay. Let's go. All right. So out in Oakland, there's this group of boys. They're very young, and they they they... 
they hit licks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the main boy, his name is D. He gets caught up at this robbery or this corner store. He gets shot, and he actually goes to jail as well. Um, so mm-hmm. double whammy. Um, mm-hmm. And once he gets out, you know, he's having to deal with trying to re-enter his his neighborhood society and all the woes that comes with that. While his friends are, you know, dealing with the same things they was dealing with two years before. Mm-hmm. Uh, hitting licks to try and make money. Um, you know, doing other nefarious businesses to try and make money. And there's a lot of bloodshed and there's a lot of, you know, tough choices for D to make, but also for every, for the rest of the crew as well. So that is Licks. All right. You had eight seconds left. Thank you. Ding. Now that we know what went on in the movie, let's get into our general thoughts on Licks. All right, y'all. Before we get into our general thoughts on Licks, just first want to give everyone a reminder. Uh, always feel free to hit us up on any of our social handles or even the email if that's your thing. Let us know. One, what you're watching and are interested in, and also any films you want us to review. Secondly, any filmmakers out there, if you have a movie coming out or you have a movie that's been out recently and you're looking for someone to watch it and review it, hit us up. We love hearing from you guys. We love being a part of this Black indie community, and we want to keep uplifting and putting your work out there for the world. And last, but certainly not least, I want to quickly shout out a long-term listener of the show, Janiel, who reached out uh, to us on Instagram. Let us know that she's actually uh, recently watched Bad Hair, available on Hulu to stream. We also watched it uh, when it premiered and did some live tweets. Uh, Then she also recommended a film called Toe to Toe. Uh, So we're adding that to our list and hope to get it on the dockets to review very soon. All right, y'all. Back to the show. So, Sydney... What did you think of Licks? Um, that has increasingly become a more complicated question and answer um, after watching this film. Um, overall, you know, I love a good redemption story. I love to see someone who is who has been counted out, and you know, they they still find a way, especially a black person. They still find a way out of no way to. You know, as uh, Donnie McClurkin say, turn a life around, you know. Mm. Uh, so I, li- I liked to see that story written. Um, however, there were some parts of this movie um, that were a little egregious and trauma-filled. And now that I have more context on the filmmaker and writing team, it makes me uncomfortable. So that's that. What did you think about Licks? Um, you know, I like a good gangster movie Mm -hmm. and I like a good gangster turned good, like, you know, reformed gangster movie. Yeah. Um, I thought this one was going to be the latter, Mm -hmm. but most of the plot was the former was, it, it seemed like more of a straight up just gangster flick, but it felt like a gangster flick with that was handcuffed by trying to have a like reformed gangster plot line yeah, instead yeah. of just giving me all out, shoot them up, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It felt like a gangster flick with a Hallmark soundtrack, if that makes sense. Like with the, <laughs> it's the plot points yeah. of a gangster movie with the tone of a feel good uh-huh. movie. <laughs> I can't yeah. explain it. I've given yeah. you like three different analogies. I hope I have driven my point home. <laughs> no, you have. You, I think so. Yeah. Um, 
And that didn't really come into form. This is a movie that I really had to watch all the way straight through, like eyes on the screen in order to have an opinion on it. Because one scene, I'm like, okay. And another scene, and I'm like, um, next? maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I was constantly flip-flopping uh, back and yeah. forth. One thing I will say, I really enjoyed looking at the movie. I thought it was shot. Uh, beautifully, especially mm-hmm. for the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we're like in the dead thick of beautiful movie uh, era. Aesthetic. I think that's what, yeah, yeah aesthetic era. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's what this, like, you know how the Harlem Renaissance is known for poetry and like jazz? Yep. Mm-hmm. The, this past 20, like this past uh, 20, come on, this past at <laughs> least like, um, you know, maybe from from Moonlight forward, it's going to be known for yeah. aesthetics, like, in yeah. the future is what I feel. That's good. Um, What's that? And this, What's 2016? Yeah. Present day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this movie predates that. So a little ahead of the curve in terms of that, because movies really didn't look like this a lot back then. Um, That's true. I thought this movie was shot in 20... I didn't know it was shot in 2013. Um, Amazon Prime mm-hmm. had the year wrong. I thought it was 2016. Yeah, no, the IMDb has it as 2013. Yeah, and that, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I mean, like I what you alluded to earlier is that we just realized that the filmmakers were white and that really changes the context of a lot of the graphic scenes of this movie. Yes. But very much also so. some of the things that I really wrote off, like the dialogue being a little unrealistic in terms of the vernacular used. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just, you know, maybe we got young actors who aren't really used to, you know, like, you know, right. acting yet. Right, right, but right. Now I'm like, maybe the script itself wasn't very authentico. But and connected we, to the, the actual location yeah. uh, activities. Yeah. yeah. We can get into <laughs> some of that later. Overall, I think the movie had a lot of good ingredients mixed in. But mm-hmm. ultimately, I'm not 100% sure what the goal was to determine whether or not I think the filmmakers met the goal that they were trying to achieve. Because I, if I'm just judging it based off what I look I to get to out of a movie, yeah. then this one doesn't hit the mark. But that's because I want every movie to make me feel like how I felt the first time I saw Shrek. <laughs> 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 and that's a really high bar. That's most a high movies, bar. Yeah. yeah I was <laughs> most movies Whoa. don't hit that. <laughs> yeah. So That's like me trying to find the next uh, Lil China and McLean. The bar is too high. Yeah, okay. you're, you're chasing pavements with that one. Yeah. Um, so I try and measure it based off whether or not I think the filmmakers achieved what they set out to achieve, but I'm not quite sure what it was they set out to achieve. And I, I, I can be bitchy and assume, but maybe let's just talk through some of the scenes and we might be able to come up to a, a different conclusion um, for me at the end of the episode. Yeah, let's go for it. This, this is always very interesting, uh, especially when we have a conclusion at the end and the filmmakers are like, eh, wrong. So wrong. I want to see how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's walk through some of the scenes. Here on the new chilling circuit, we like to start with the first scene of the movie. So let's, let's start, let's step on through to, to, to the first scene. We get this, you know, intimate fun time with D and his girlfriend, Aliki. Mm-hmm. Um, and um yeah, they're just they're having some intimate time and we're just getting introduced to the setting and, and, and these yep. characters. And of course we get, you know, um him suiting up to go out. And she's like, uh-huh. you know, you're not gonna go hit a lick, are you? And he's lying and saying he isn't. Clearly he is. 
Literally, he uh, hate to stereotype the brother, but he don't look like he going out to get a job. He he said I'm finna. He said I'm finna stop at so and so house and smoke. Then she said, "Are you gonna hit a lick?" And he says, "No, I'm finna go look for jobs." Which one is it? Right. <laughs> it can't be so both. You gonna smoke and then go look for a job? Huh? You gonna look for a job? Huh? Yeah, they can't Come be on, both. Brother. So clearly he's lying. Yeah. yeah. Right. And of course, he's in the car with his friends and we're getting introduced. Now, the one thing I think now, I don't say this often. Mm-hmm. I think this movie could have used some narration. Actually, yes. Yeah, some good narration or like, yeah, some exposition at the top of this movie to really figure out like Outside of them obviously hitting licks, but like, who who are y'all? What are you like? What are you doing this for? You know, yeah. Because I, I, one I of the boys, I couldn't even remember his name. Like one of the boys, I remember this Jarrell, and there's yep, Ty, and mm-hmm. there's D. I don't remember the yep, other guy's name. He didn't I even know. get any other Cam. info fleshed. Up. Cam, that was Cam. no Cam was the dark skinned one who was in the other who who was in like the the Beamer truck. Was, oh, uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. I would have really appreciated some freeze frames and some title oh, was it Malik? cards. Malik. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, and frankly, I think it would have fit because this. I think this should have just edged over into. Oh, that's what it's missing. Uh, hmm. It makes sense. I got it. It's missing the format of a gangster movie of a hood movie. This is this yes. a hood movie needs narration where you going from yep. the main character, especially because then it doesn't have to be a gangster turned reform movie. If you because that's most protagonists in a hood movie want to do good, right? There's exactly. no I can't think of a hood movie where the protagonist yeah. is like, I'm gonna kill all these niggas, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We need it, we needed the narration as a yeah. as an a nod to the 90s like hood movie. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And the second thing is missing. Um, every hood movie has to explain like the territory divide and also yes. the going ons of like what each crew or whatever gang, whatever somebody is into. So somebody, you know, they got these corners are selling drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody got these corners. They uh, is they have prostitutes. You know, somebody yeah. is doing this. They, 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 they got they the connect they boosting whoever. over there they boosted yeah. something yeah we didn't get any of that but it's a bunch of different hustles going yeah. on and it's very random it felt random because each of them had to be delivered by an individual it yeah. wasn't wrapped up into the cloth of the the scenery and that was exactly. a shortcoming to me because what that resulted in it's not just me saying oh you mm-hmm. don't have the what a hood movie usually has it's what right. it resulted in is What's necessary for a hood movie is that the audience understands that this place is inescapable and it's more than mm-hmm. the sum of its parts, the hood. Exactly. It's, exactly. Even if you want to do good, you you it's this environment just sticks on you like grits mixed mm-hmm. with petroleum. <laughs> it Ooh. just sticks on You're the stuck. bottom of your shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and without giving us this via laying out the landscape, we get mm-hmm. this we get this group of characters who are wholly unredeemable. Like yeah. these men to me, if I I would cross the street if I was walking past them at night. Yeah. All yeah, four of these yeah. men were ir- scary. irreversibly bad people to me. Yeah, no, yeah. They they had no redeemable qualities 
in their characters at all. There's nothing mm-hmm. like, you know, I was throwing it is because, you know, we've been pimping since, you know, I was a, I was a little thing. Mm-hmm. My daddy was a pimper. It was none of that. Or like, no. you know, I've come from the biggest, you know, kingpin family in Oakland, no. et cetera. It was none of that. So it's, it's just. And they tried to do some things like Jarrell's grandma needed her metformin. She's diabetic. She needs medicine. Mm-hmm. We live in America. Medicine is expensive. Yep. But laying out economic need is not enough. Like, yeah, and and it's not simply saying that these guys are irredeemable because of their lines of work. Because look mm-hmm. at Hustle and Flow. D in that movie yeah. is just a, a vile, misogynistic pimp. Who, frankly, mm-hmm. if I met him in person, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even make eye contact with that dog of a nigga. You pimping <laughs> yeah. out women, you ain't shit, right? Yeah. But the character's compelling. Because mm-hmm. he has a lot of motive and you can see where he's trying to go with it. You understand? Yeah. yeah. So you, you, we missed all of that with these characters. And at the end of the movie, I'm like, I agree. well, why the hell did okay. I spend time with these four yeah. people? Exactly. Why? Like, I don't like okay. them. Like my girl on TikTok does. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, I, that really just clicked in. Okay. Yeah. We're getting to it. All right. Yeah. So they hit the lick and here's what spawns things off. Is he gets shot? D gets shot at the corner store they're corner robbing store. Yeah. by the corner store man. He ain't even got no gun. D don't. Um, of course, he gets shot and he goes to jail because he's caught now because his friends yep. have to leave him. Two years later, which I found to be suspicious because he's not a minor and he got out after two years. Two years, yeah. Who who he told on? <laughs> yeah, armed robbery. Yeah, mm, yeah. Because if you are part of the armed, now I don't know legal statutes, but if you're part of an armed robbery, it's mm-hmm. the store man, the store owner counted three guns. <laughs> yep. And you was there. It don't matter if you didn't have a gun when they got there. It was an armed robbery Jeez. with three guns and they just got you. So you're going down yeah. for an armed robbery with three guns. Three guns. Period. <laughs> Unless yeah. you start talking. Yeah. Anyway, that wasn't a part of the movie. I thought he was going to be a snitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so he gets out. And he's navigating the neighborhood. At this point of the movie, I'm still thinking, because this lick happened so early on, I'm still yeah, thinking yeah. this is going to be a reformed gangster story. And we're going to get you know him trying to find jobs. Everybody's telling him no. Mm. We're going to get him like meeting somebody wise to guide him through. Like, you know, some old head, yeah, you yeah. know, guide him through. No. <laughs> no. Hell, or at least he was going to, you know, find God, something. Yeah. And- <laughs> I thought he'd come out Muslim or something, yeah, <laughs> which is like- also what his friend thought. He was like, you still eat pork? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, then this is when we find out that uh, one of his friends, what's that nigga name was? The Ty? pimp. Nah, not Ty. Oh, um, uh, was Cam the pimp? Nah. The light skin Cam was the dark skin one. The light skin one, I don't remember. I don't remember. And uh, these, The IMDb these doesn't have shots. everybody's picture, so. Yeah, so it's, it's hard, and I don't remember his name. Because well, Ty was the other light-skinned one who they was going after. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. But so yeah. one of his friends is pimping now. So he's telling him all about this hustle. And mm-hmm. what we really get is a series of... Because we stay in Dee's perspective for most of the movie, aside from yeah. a few moments we get with Jarrell, um, mm-hmm. who is probably the most interesting character in the movie yes. because we get to see his weakest sides. Um, mm-hmm. He's very like insecure. He's very uh, anxious and worried. Uh, 
um, yeah, yeah. and just very volatile as a result of his environment. And we see his his like kryptonite of sorts, his grandmother. Yeah. So he is the sole caregiver and responsible for her well being because she cannot, you know, take care of herself at this point. So yeah. that's like he he is doing a lot of. Uh, you know, hitting these licks and going along with whatever's happening to make some money, like we said, to make yeah. sure that she's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what we get is basically a series of D passively going along with every single side quest he is presented with. Yeah. And this is what makes him, in my opinion, the worst character in the movie. The least mm. likable character in the entire movie. He is so passive. Like, he's not in control of anything that he does. That's true. Like, he just. Especially if he's not giving main character energy and he's the main yeah. character. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it's so upsetting, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like I said, if you, if you show just how deep of a trench uh, this neighborhood is to climb out of, if you mm-hmm. really ingrain it, then as as an audience member, as as a viewer, I'm watching yeah. and I say, well, I can see why he just gave up. Like last season of The right. Wire, when Dookie takes that walk back and starts doing heroin yeah. with the with those uh-huh, with the with horse this. guys, yep, you've yep. seen. Well, of course, that's a TV show to have more time to flesh things out. But you know, of course, you've seen six seasons worth of how impossible and futile. It is to even try. try. Yeah. And if you do get out, you're just, you're one of the lucky few. Um, You know, that's just your luck. You lucked up and you were able to make it out of this circumstance that you had no control over. You were born into. And now you were, you know, doing something different with your life. But like Dookie's character in The Wire, all of his family were like addicts and they could care less about him, you know, or what his well-being. And it's like, what else does he have? That's the point. To live for. What else? Yeah. So- now, to be fair, time. I can listen. Is, to be fair, you know, I thought of a, f- a film example. Okay, let's hear it. Residue. Uh, this is a movie I, I watched. Mm, um, I know you live tweeted about it. I never actually watched Residue, though. I we should. did. It's very. If you yeah. watch this, you'll see that it has a very similar energy to this movie and also mm-hmm. a very similar energy to Last Black Man in San Francisco and Blind Spot. Love Last Black Man. Okay. That was a good Ooh, movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the, it's like, I would frankly put it as like a subgenre uh, of movies about like returning home and like the discomfort and guilt and anger and fear that comes with that. Um, mm. And that's exactly what that movie was about. You know, a prodigal yeah. son yeah. comes back to DC mm-hmm. is his home instead of Oakland. Gotcha. But we miss all that like context about the neighborhood. I guess the movie assumes that we know that, which I'd be comfortable with if the storytellers were black and the movie was for black people, but this was written and directed by white people and was shown at South by Southwest. So it's, it's, it's It's not not. the same. Mm. That's why I said it made me uncomfortable. Black pain sells. That's yeah. what we know to be true. I don't want to assume that was like the the whole idea behind this movie because it's just full of trauma. It's full of pain. I don't, it makes me uncomfortable when it white people does. write these stories. It just really does. Because how do you relate? Like, what is what is your connection? 
at this Even point. right now, I'm trying my best because what I'm trying to do in my head right now and what I've been trying to do since I like since the credits rolled and I watched the movie earlier mm-hmm. is make sense of the, the plot points. Like yeah. the, the whole gotcha in this film is there's like, you know, these whole this this neighborhood tension between individual people. It's mm-hmm. not like a crew or gang or type of thing. Everybody's yeah. out to get Ty, and then Cam has gotten too big for his britches. Right. And then there's a twist in the end, but really they teamed up against Cam and killed mm-hmm. him. But by the time the movie ends, there are like three or four bodies dropped. Yeah. And I'm trying to understand what it means. Like, you know what it misses? Where every hood movie, that's another key piece of, another, of a hood movie, not just narration mm-hmm. and really laying out the political environment of the hood like Mm -hmm. the the um what is that called uh the unofficial politics of the hood you know there's no mayor but there's this guy who runs this this block yeah he runs this block yeah like don't nobody ever cross big worm you know (laughs) exactly yeah those there are those two components and the third component is you need kind of like a okay i'm gonna sound a bit like a film douche but kind of like a um like the chorus in a like Shakespeare's play, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you need like a sounding board of what the hood thinks about what's going on. So you need True. like we do we get a mama coming out and screaming about her shot son, which Being we'll talk dead, about yeah. that scene. Well, like, where's where's the granny on the street who's like this neighborhood is gone to hell? Exactly. I can't believe y'all out here doing that, or somebody's mama like my son was murdered and I will not let this keep happening. Because you know? then yeah, this would make sense. This yeah. would make sense if the start of the movie, that's another, that's a sub bullet of the narration point of a hood movie, uh, news uh-huh. clips. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. If the start yeah. of the movie was violent weekend in Oakland, like mm-hmm. this is what's, and, and because we as viewers, we as, you know, real citizens, people, of pl- citizens of places watch yeah. the news. That's what we see because we're not a part of that underground, like, economy we're not a part of that life so we just Mm -hmm. see the death toll at the end of the weekend if this movie was showing us how frail and um easily triggered and stuff these type of Mm -hmm. incidents happen and how how easily a weekend can go from all good in the hood to four people dead if it was supposed to be like a change of perspective type of thing i could get that from a black person i could get that yeah but it that wasn't, wasn't that, what though. this was supposed to be. I don't understand <laughs> why. I'm having trouble understanding. Period. Same. Period. I, that at the end, when the credits rolled at the end of this movie, I was confusion. I yeah. I was just like, okay, so. Because then Jarrell died. Because I don't yeah. understand how that completed his story. Yeah, not like at of all. course it ended his story, but I don't understand how it completed it. Yeah. I guess D gets to work at, you know, full circle moment. He works, gets a job at the same corner store. He tried to rob. That put him in jail. Uh, you know what should have told me that this was written by white people? Hmm. You know what should have tipped me off? Please share. When Jarrell takes the baby and sits the baby on the porch of their group <laughs> home, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. They play... Sound is important. This came up last week. Sound design is important because it tells you what the director and what the editor want you to feel. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. when they sit the baby down on when he sits the baby down on the porch to be you know saved by this group home uh, family. Um, yeah. They play this really triumphant music. Like, that's the win of the movie. That's supposed Ooh. to be the time in the movie where we take the breath yeah. and say, oh, at least <sighs> the baby's okay. At least the baby got out. Yeah. That's supposed to be that time mm. in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. But that's not the baby getting out. The baby is that. now going to be a protagonist of another hood movie 15 years right. from now because their backstory is apparently my mom was on drugs or something and somebody left me on the doorstep. Mm-hmm. I don't know where my family is at all hmm. best case scenario the baby can be randall pearson <laughs> and you see how that went <laughs> randall he got cried he balled up in the, in the ball crying every other <laughs> every other episode. down in new orleans ha- yeah having all waiting in the water <laughs> literally waiting in the water having mental lapses he, yeah yeah yeah, so that's Don't not the bright spot. If anything, that was, to me, that was the sad part in the movie because I'm like, well, this baby, there's nothing, there's no way yeah. that this baby's childhood can go right, right, where right. this isn't fucked. Now you mm. don't know where your mama at and you just got mm. dropped. You're in the system now. Mm-hmm. That ain't no good. They like, don't even know the baby's fucking name. The At baby's going to yeah. grow up and never even know what her mama named her. That's, that's not the happy part of the movie. Yeah, it's not. Anyway, that's I should have knew. you bringing that point up, yeah, it makes me think about hidden figures. Yeah, Oh, I'm so glad you brought it up because that's what I was thinking have, about. Yeah, when they have Taraji's character, uh, uh, Catherine Johnson, she's running miles to mm-hmm. the color bathroom every day, and the background music is Pharrell's "Happy." Yeah, it's As one of those like a joyous occasion. Songs. Yeah, like because I'm happy. She yeah, that that's not no. It's like girl boss. It was it wasn't exactly happy, but it was a song by Pharrell that sounded just like happy, and it was mm, supposed mm-hmm. to be like a funky like watch me work type of anthem, right? Yeah, like yeah, a girl yeah, boss yeah. go get it type of thing. And all the white people in the theater I was at. Was fucking like laughing and like, right, like, like, like it was some going over, you know, hell no. Think she about that. Running a mile across like this to go campus. pee. And she got to run. She can't even take a stroll. She can't even walk. She has At to all. run because she has to be right back. Are There's you serious? She, she's running and eating her lunch in a bathroom stall because yeah. she, she only has 30 minutes or whatever. That, it takes her 15 That's minutes not to happy. the bathroom. Running. And in a so because that's a example of another time where white filmmakers put mm-hmm. the wrong sound because they thought some yeah. shit was sweet and it wasn't. A yeah. positive example of a black filmmaker knowing shit's not sweet and a white person would have missed it is Get Out. At the end of Get Out, Ooh, when yeah. the cops this show is up, good. there is and everybody no, in like, the theater. Everybody, well, I saw it in a black theater. Everybody in the theater was like, oh, hell, so, fuck. Oh, shit. Here we go. But Damn. if a white person had made the movie, you know, they would have been like, mm-hmm. oh, what a relief. The cops are, right. <laughs> the cops are here. The cops are here to save the day. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that that should have tipped me off right there. Do you remember the music in the scene, Sydney? I remember. I, I remember the entire, we saw Get Out together. I remember the entire theater. We all had a, oh, Damn! Now he going to jail for real after Sydney. all of that, and and then the applause when Lil yeah. Rel got out the car. I mean, like. TSA niggas. <laughs> <laughs> How he get a police car? Not a TSA agent got no damn police car. <laughs> he don't. They don't at all. 
<laughs> um, yeah. I'm sorry. I just looked at my notes and I have another thing that should have tipped me off. <laughs> Please share. What was the Martin Luther King thing? Oh, yeah. that was like that was like uh, uh, Jarrell's like moral compass. He got to his grandmama house and straightened up the Martin Luther King photo on her wall. And then before he like, you know, smashed this man's brains in whoever's house they was robbing, he saw MLK, uh, a photo of him on the wall and he decided to not go through with it. That Nigga, gave it what? Right there. You're so that right, should have been the flag right confusing. there. But I thought this thing said Justin Hungry Robinson, so I thought it was a nigga. So I was so like, who, you know somebody what? Somebody named Hungry and it's hungry. Like that Hungry. So, so I said, you know, when I saw that, I thought it was cheesy. I thought it was too on the nose and I thought it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, yeah. I mean, if it's true that like if this is some black man telling his story, or like telling the stories of the people he grew up with, like not right, right, right. <laughs> not telling the stories of people near the area he grew up with. He do, that he no. don't know. That's no, not what no, I mean. No. Telling no, no, the no. stories of the people he actually grew up with. Yes, in the <laughs> um, same people neighborhood, he can name. <laughs> same streets, yeah, same block. Like y'all went ate to at the same mama house. Candy lady, you yeah. Know, like, like if it that. was that, then fine. Yeah, like if it's because everything's okay if it's true, but as a right. white person, you're making this up. So you you don't have, you're not bound to that. So so I'm just so confused. (laughs) Me, like the next person, uh, like the, like the average black person, we obviously appreciate um, and are indebted to the work of Martin Luther King Jr. However, he is not my moral compass. No. Uh, If I do something that's wrong, I don't think, damn, what would MLK say? Why would Martin Luther King Jr. be like, (laughs) because the thing is... The thing is, maybe if they had said, <laughs> okay, because every black grandma got three pictures in the house. Martin yeah. Luther King, JFK, Barack Obama. And Obama. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? And they all yeah. next to each other for some uh-huh. inexplicable reason. <laughs> that's the Holy Trinity. That, that's <laughs> the Father. <laughs> the Son. <laughs> and Malik Wright, Holy Spirit. <laughs> hallelujah. Hear me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, maybe if it was like, maybe if in the beginning of the movie, hmm, mm-hmm. they was talking about, you know, they when they were shooting the shit, the boys, they could have been like, maybe some, I don't know, maybe some old head dropped some knowledge. Like, um... Boys in the Hood. Maybe they got okay. a furious yeah, type yeah, of yeah. role, which they mm-hmm. kind of, well, that's different. Let's get back to that. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe if they had like a furious type of role and he was like, mm-hmm. you know, young blood, and he's like, oh, you finished school as, and they're like, no. And he says, you know, young blood, Barack Obama used to be, you know, t- broke and, and trying to right, figure right, things right. out, uh, but he bettered himself, education, da da da. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then maybe right. if Jarrell had saw the Barack Obama plate, that would have meant something. But it still needed that context. It still <laughs> yeah, would have needed it, it to be a callback. It would have needed it to be and a callback to something King else in the movie. Now, I really should have known because Justin Bieber, he recently in his um, album entitled Justice, I didn't listen to it because I heard that I think there are three interludes that are Martin Luther King's speeches. I know you lied. On the album? No, I swear to God. That, Somebody that. lied today. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody told a lie. That's, a, that's that's my favorite Martin Luther King speech. I, <laughs> I don't too much care about his dream, but somebody told a lie. <laughs> Ooh. That's good. And this licks 
is giving Justin Bieber's justice. <laughs> I get my peaches out from Georgia. Oh I have God. a dream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What is is I, this is. This is, I literally my notes is what's with the MLK thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> like it, when he straightened the picture. And what was that even more like, confusing because it was MLK, but then we didn't even see JFK and Obama on the wall. Yeah, so where was the rest of the trio? Person, like you have to, you don't just have one. It's always the three. Yeah, like mm, miss the mark because you don't have the cultural context. I'm trying to even think about who, what historical or even current figure would be enough, would be plausible to have on a wall framed and mm-hmm. would be enough to signal a character without it being further explained in the movie. Like this was literally his yeah. change. What it was. Jesus. Only character is Jesus. <laughs> even then though. Even then though. Cause then you think maybe I'm gonna turn my life around. Cause God is watching. Yeah, the only characters, I mean, it would have to be a character, like somebody that's important to the character. It just, it just wouldn't, I can't think of any celebrity or historical figure whose message is strong enough to just off the, off the strength mm-hmm. <laughs> of a portrait mm-hmm. <laughs> change yeah. a character. Yeah. I- like who's got the anti-violence message? Like, like Martin Luther King's anti-violence was about how to protest. It wasn't about... Like, mm-hmm. of course, I'm sure he was against killing your f- fellow black man, but that wasn't yeah, the yeah. crux. That wasn't the meat and bones, the fucking right, meat and right. potatoes, I mean. I can't. No one comes to front of I have an example, me. but that Wait, still requires yeah. further context that you know what the person's message is. If it was a story about a black man thinking about dating a white woman and then he ran across a picture <laughs> of Dr. Umar... Then okay. that would might work. Alexa, but please. Dr. Umar please. is not f- plausible to be you. framed I, on your wall. I, I am begging. <laughs> I'm trying hard to make sense of this, Sydney. <laughs> that, no, not Dr. Think Umar. about it. It's no. a it's a black man, and he's just, you know, his white coworker, if they've been will they, won't they Only for a long time. Only movie that works in is Jungle Fever, and that movie came out 30 years ago. Yeah. No. We're no. <laughs> I wish John Singleton was here to save us. Yeah. <laughs> that's, okay. that's what I feel about this. Yeah. Well. I guess we can just kind of give, we can wrap it up a little bit. Um, so, uh, if uh, D and the crew, we are led to believe that they are all trying to go for Ty after he um, drove off when D was still in the uh, the corner store. That's the reason he went to jail. However, we find out towards the end of the movie uh, they really all are after Cam. Ty doesn't know this, though. Uh, so he is then murdered uh, by the crew because he got too big for his britches. Um, D also rescues one of the girls that his pimp friend is trying to recruit, and he takes her over to like his social worker. They didn't um, ask no questions about that? Yeah. The girl was 14 years old, which that side note, I, as a black woman, found it very difficult to watch this movie. Because of the mm-hmm. misogyny. Now, I'm positive yeah. there are characters that exist like that, but it's pretty hard as a woman Same. to watch this. What, and what like hurt me the most about that character, the the three, four lines she had when I was, she goes, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm 14, about to be 15 now, but everybody say I look grown, so why does it matter? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God. that that's 
it was heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, I had to pause that. Because I didn't know which way it was going to go. Yeah. I, um, I, I mean, he's a grown man and he's riding around the car with a strange 14-year-old girl and he's a felon. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised nobody had any additional questions, questions about for him. Yeah. why they were in the car together. Because right. then it would have been like, then he would have had to say, oh, I'm learning how to pimp. Mm-hmm. And this is where I draw the line. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> so I guess, you know, D does, does that. He shows, you know, some good faith. Uh, and then at the end of the film, uh, he goes back to that same corner store that he and his friends try to catch a look at at the beginning of the movie. And that corner store owner gives him a job as a show of good faith. Uh, and that maybe he has changed. And then the credits roll. And yeah. I just want to know, what type of fucking idiot, like idiot robbers don't know <laughs> that don't know damn corner store have a safe? At all. He ain't moving that much product of nothing. You think he's selling that many chips to where <laughs> at the end of the day, he don't need to immediately deposit right. the little $200 he made today? Right. <laughs> What? I like the next person enjoy a wrap snack every now and again, but <laughs> ain't, that that many rap, <laughs> ain't that many wrap snacks you can sell in the world for, for a you corner store? You see the store was empty. Be. Now, if it was Literally. one of them jumping, jumping, like corner stores that's always, mm. you know, got people standing out front, you know, uh, uh-huh. buying a steady stream of 40s and, and uh, mm-hmm, black and milds, mm-hmm. maybe they would be cleaning up in there, but this ain't nobody out front. <laughs> At all. And it was empty. Right. It was like during like... Yeah. The middle of a day. It was just a completely empty store. There was no one there. Yeah. Why would they even think he had a safe? It's a a regular neighborhood corner store. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I hated all these characters as people. Like, I hated them all. There's, there's, there's no character in this who I was rooting for. And I, none. and, And I think that was what the filmmaking team was going for, but I didn't root for any of these characters at all. Yeah. That's what, that's that. And that's the number four pillar of a hood movie. You're yeah. supposed to be rooting to root for at for least somebody. somebody. Yeah. Ain't no hood movie where everybody is despicable. Exactly. Yeah. I this, they didn't do their research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's some wires that got crossed here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well. So, that's Licks. Uh, Sydney, <laughs> who came to act? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make it quick uh, this week. Uh, I'm just, I'm going to nominate, uh, Mr. Stanley Doe Hunt D's character, uh, for this week's Who Came to Act nomination. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a surprising change of events, um, mm. to Sydney's nominees, I, I get the opportunity to say whether I would accept that nomination yeah. on their behalf, you know, since they're not here or, mm-hmm. you know, reject it. And yeah. I'm going to choose, and it's been a long time since I've exercised this. I'm you going to choose to reject that nomination. Or like he's still he's still in the ether. You're the yep. you're the academy on this, but mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I reject to accept it on his behalf because not because he did poorly, but because I think another actor did better. I think it, uh, my runner-up was going to be a uh, Coran Streets, uh, Jarrell's character. Yeah, I think Jarrell yep. did a lot better. I I'd, I'd mm-hmm. offer him as the runner-up. Yeah, I, I, I'll accept that uh, runner-up nomination. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, because the mission of the New Chitlin Circuit is to uplift Black independent filmmakers, here is usually where Sydney and I shout out the production house and the writer and the director. Um, but and and usually, you know, 
just before we record is when we look up their names to make sure we get it right and stuff like that. But yeah, when we looked it up this time is when we realized that we would indeed be talking to white guys. Um, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know. There's one writer. I can't find any pictures, but it's, it's looking very white. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it seems like the movie did good for, for, for those folks. So sure. Yeah. That's all we got this week, y'all. Um, come back next week uh, for a brand new episode. Different vibes. We're going for something different next different week. Different vibes. Yeah, this is yeah. all right. This this is well timed and due because we've been we've we've been lucky the past few movies to yeah. watch a lot of things we really liked. So we'll see y'all next week. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. To join in on the conversation, meet us in the Twitter streets at TNCCPod or over on Instagram at New Chitlin Circuit, spelled C-H-I-T-L-I-N. And to keep up with our latest, visit our website at thenewchitlincircuit.com. Oh.